are listening to Adam Air MDGD, Underground Cartoon Therapy. Club Kids, Sergeant Steve Rogers, you had something I you wanted to say. I just have a comment to okay. make and a question. Steve Rogers. With the Club Kids, I could deal with them because I live in the clubs. Limelight, Roseland, okay? Yay. So I know what type <laughs> of crowd they are. <laughs> but those two young girls, I can't understand how they can allow themselves to be brainwashed what's gonna happen to you when your so-called messiah disappears we're going with him you're going with him okay i know you don't get it i understand steve we you didn't really talk about i mean she says the club kid she can deal with the club kid she does the club scene i mean do you have a problem with the way they live well any anyone if in fact they are involved with drugs drug abuse i don't I don't condone that. I think that's wrong. I think it's, 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 it's again, uh, ruining the moral fiber of our country. What we have here, what we have here, and I, I think this is important to address, <laughs> is a chilling wind sweeping across this nation, whereas these individuals are, are, are trying to capture the hearts and minds of young people. Uh, this, to me, no, that's what you're this, to do. this, to me, is a complete waste. And that no, we are trying to control trying, the minds of young people. One of the problems we have. Rest the way they want, do what they want to do. Who are you to say? I happen to be a police officer who well, I don't care who you, you belong are. in prison. You have a problem. I don't care who you you are in prison in your own mind because you can't live the way you want to condemn everybody out this the guy, way they live. This guy, ladies and gentlemen, is I'm the epitome of why exactly. this country is going down the No, side. we're going up. We're going You're going There's something else, Jane, that he said. He said that he's not afraid of anyone. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. I challenge him right now to what? Go to Harlem. i go to Harlem. To walk the streets. Let's go. And Who if you have I would. You're, you don't I, have the, I have the guts that. to do whatever it takes for me to do. I'll do whatever. You want to go? I'll, I'll ride with you. Yes. So I can't show. So you ain't got the ball. Come to one of my shows. Why don't you come in to one of my shows? You're a state cop. You're a, you're a wannabe cop. I am. You, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you I'm from New Jersey. I don't care. That's your problem. All right, listen. I'm going to ask you one more time, okay? I know. I know. Nobody gets hurt. Just trust me on that, all right? What's up, dudes? <laughs> you just heard an excerpt from some dumb bitch who used to have a talk show back in the day. She was no Jerry Springer, that's why no one knows who the fuck she is now. Welcome back to the fucking show. <laughs> King Spoet. Who fucking, uh, is gonna tell us some fucking secret stories from his scum rock archive. As he's one of the last motherfuckers. Uh, alive from back then. This episode for younger motherfuckers who missed all the good shit and got stuck in the latter half of the apocalypse here. Sorry about that, but me and King Spoet are gonna take you on a fucking tour tonight. As part of the fucking punk rock little fucking shows I've been doing lately. King Spoet just finished a 104 fucking page G.G. Allen fucking graphic novel 
And if you're interested in that, he's fucking awesome. You can contact him. He definitely wants to get this fucking out there. We're going to tell stories about Gigi Allen, his little visit to John Wayne Gacy Jr. <laughs> Some other shit that happened along the way, man. This episode is brought to you by some Mud Wolf Weed. And uh, we're going to keep it scum friendly. We're just going to talk about scum rock tonight, man. <laughs> we're going to talk about the area in time that Gigi Allen died in 93. And you know... Motherfuckers that remember that time period probably weren't there. Kind of like the hippie thing, but just the opposite, man. Instead of flowers and fucking hippie tits, we got fucking violence and shitty tits. (laughs) Oh my god. Stick around till the fucking end of the show. I'll give you details on how to fucking contact me. Go fuck yourself. Let's get her fucking rolling. We'll be right back, dude. The madman of Manchester does it again. Always Was and Always Shall Be is the first album by this dynamic performer and his band, The Jabbers. This one-of-a-kind LP contains hits like Automatic and Don't Talk To Me. Gigi Allen has steamed up controversy throughout the United States and Canada with his notorious acts and energetic, raunchy, killer rock. This February, Gigi Allen kicks off another tour. He'll be playing Detroit, New York State, New York City, Boston, Maine, and New Hampshire. Gigi Allen is powerful, and this LP on Orange Records is for those who can take it raw. Available at all local music stores in New Hampshire and Boston, or through Bomp Records. For more information, call Gigi himself at 603-669-8983. Find out why everyone is talking about Gigi Allen and the Jabbers. Represented exclusively by Kenya Raven. We now return, motherfucker. Mm. Three. What's up, dudes? Welcome to the fucking show. I've been waiting to do this. You hear that in the background? No. Oh, okay, good, because it's Gigi Allen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're on the show, King Spot, because you are... Allen, special. Dig it up, GG. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're going to go for some GG Allen tonight, man. And uh, you were on the uh, Scum Rock, a, a brief history of Scum Rock episode with me. And that, yeah. that was a cool fucking episode with uh, Seth Putnam and King or uh, El Duce on the front of it. They're all fucking dead. Gigi Allen's definitely oh. maggot meat. Like, 
Like me. <laughs> You're still around. You're on the uh, scum liberty death list. <laughs> Yeah. Of effort putting together a story about Gigi Allen called Digging Up Gigi, a graphic novel. And it's uh, written by uh, Michael Ford of Maximum Rock and Roll fame. Okay. We just had, uh, had a blast doing it. Man, it took fucking forever. What, who, were you guys just sitting around and being like, let's do a fucking Gigi Allen fucking comic book? No, man. Uh, I, I was doing like autobiographical comics. I did this thing, Elvis Chicken, that you saw. Right? Oh yeah, you sent me a copy of that. I loved it, man. It was awesome. Yeah, that was one, a story about my buddy Elvis Chicken and I getting kicked out of a bar in Conyers, Georgia, because everybody in there was inbred fucking redneck. And it gave me a chance to talk about my friends, to, you know, to sort of, it was a funny story, I thought, uh, and, and just, um, you know, and, and I was saying I was going to do, like, more autobiographical. The next thing I thought about was I ought to do something about my interactions with Gigi Allen. Yeah. Which is awesome uh, that you have had these interactions. I, 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 I do that. Uh, I did that. Uh, Can you come a little closer to the phone, buddy? Sorry, man. I, I did that, um, that interview with him. It's up on uh, YouTube, the, the really famous one in Repo Records. That, that was me behind the camera on that. Okay. And and I asked him, asked him a bunch of questions. That's the only time I ever got to meet him, was right there at Repo Records. But uh, what, yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it... it what year was that real fast? What? 1991. 91. All right. Okay. That might have been 90. 90 or 90. It was just out of prison. Yeah. Like 90s, was, like right at the break of 90. Yeah, he, he had uh, he had to get out of town because uh, that girl he burned was stalking him after he got out of jail. And uh, she was going to kill him. No, no, she, they had a, he, she had a restraining order on him, right? Yeah. And and so. She, you know, she kept going to where she knew he was and then calling the police. <laughs> okay. And police came over to his uh, his house and uh, apartment, rather, where he was staying. And he was like, man, you know, they're, they're just going to throw me back in jail. So he called up Jimmy Repo, you know, pour one out for our dead buddy, Jimmy Repo. Yeah. And uh, he sent him a bus ticket to uh, North Carolina. And that was the start of uh, G.G. Allen's um, collaboration with um, murder, or with uh, Anderson down there. Damn. And, uh, you know, I, it, it, for me, I just happened to be in town. I was going to see Hazel Atkins at the, at the uh, Milestone. Yeah. And uh, they were going to get G.G. Allen up on stage at the Milestone that night. But Penny was running the milestone account, and she was just a uptight bitch, you know. Yeah. And so there was no no doing that. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you know, uh, uh, fucking Jeff Clayton had the long time feud with uh, Bill Flowers, the owner of the milestone. 
And so he never would have even asked if Bill was still around the place. I don't know, you know, Bill probably stole some money from him at some show. So that sounds like Bill. Yeah. He's always grabbing some money off the door. I mean, skimming the till. He was, he was just a, you know, this old hippie guy, you know, that, that had a, that ended up running a punk rock club. You know, he was running a biker club, and then the punk rockers came over and started, uh, started playing there. And, and he was real kind of free and loose about other people's money. <laughs> yeah. But he never made a dollar either, so I, I don't really hold it you know, back to him. I just put, hold the whole thing up to incompetence, personally. Hey, can you get closer where you were just now? Sure, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm closer. Nice, nice. Yeah, we just need, I just want to hear you nice and clear, Mr. King. So, uh... So I said I did that uh, that interview, right? Yeah. I put it on this thing called uh, Turbo Video Fanzine. Yeah. Which was a VHS video fanzine. I thought, man, this is gonna sell great. I got an interview by DJ Allen. Yeah. I got a piece of the show by Hazel Atkins. I got you know all these local bands and that shit. Man, nobody wanted to buy it. Not yeah. A single person. I, I don't know if I sold twenty of them. So, you know, like, whatever. And, and you know, I had the band, so, you know, Spoet's records were selling real well. But just, you know, I don't know why. No, nobody was nobody was into it at, at the merch table. No. So I was going to write that thing, and, 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 and so I had two more experiences. One was we had booked Gigi for a show in Savannah. I'd, I'd been talking to Merle on the phone. And the date happened to be like a month after he died. Yeah, because of course you do those things in advance. Yeah. And I was like, uh, oh, that, that fucking sucked. And the week he died, or the week after he died, we were in New York playing the Continental. And so there were all these uh, fucking little flyers for the gas station show uh, all over the place. And people have been like gluing... Uh, syringes to them and gluing little baby doll heads to them and plastic flowers and plastic jewels and just all this and making shrines out of them. And, and there was at least like 15 of them I counted. Now I wish I had a, a record of them. I, I drew it for the book, but uh, that was a um, that was just right out of my memory. I, I don't really, I didn't have any reference for it. That's crazy that you uh, that happened a month after, like he died, yeah. and I. It was terrible. I was supposed was to see him. I called Merle up and, uh, and I asked if there's anything I could do, and he's like, "Nah, there's nothing anybody could do." You know? And uh, so I just said, "Well, you know, Merle, if you need me for anything, you know, just give me a call. Whatever." It was just left it open ended like that. I, I, he did call later when they, when the merch got the tour, and we uh, we ended up going on tour with him. We took him through like the the south, Atlanta, Athens, and uh, Savannah. And cool. We were taking down to uh, um, Florida, to Tampa, you know, to meet up with uh, Gardy Lou down there. Yeah. That's the guy from Nasty Savages band. Of course, Nasty Savages been gone for however many years, whatever. But I think that's that's the thing that he did that was uh, he's most known for. I was gonna. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that I, I was gonna say that I hadn't. I, I was gonna say that. Uh, 
I was supposed to see him out here in uh, in Colorado. He was supposed to play uh-huh. a show out here a month before. Uh, he it was like a month. It was like a month before he died. So that was weird. That you know that inter that timeline interaction between the time I was supposed to see him, and I I really wanted to man because he was really talking about suicide a lot at that time. Oh oh yeah yeah I, I talked to him about that in the interview. Yeah, and he had just been like threatening it a lot. I was thinking he was gonna punch me. Yeah, but he but he was all, he was all show about it. <laughs> I was hoping he was gonna punch me. I was trying to I was trying to intimidate. You threw the antagon the antagonist question at him, right? Yeah, I, I was antagonizing him the whole time, trying to. He wouldn't take the bait. He was like, nah. Damn question. He just thought you were talking normal to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck you, Donald. I only had these couple of uh, things with him, you know, and that wouldn't make a whole book. Yeah. That'd make a story, maybe. I was like, well, maybe, I I know my my friends have stories, because my my guitar player and producer up in New York, Chuck Metaxas, he was at the gas station show. And I was like, and then there's fucking Michael Bullard. Michael Bullard fucking produced Hated in the Nation. Yeah. And uh, so I called Michael up, right? Yeah. And uh, and we got talking about it. And Michael was like, well, you know, I got all this stuff I wrote about him at the time. And I look at it, see if you're interested in any of it. So I, he had four pieces that he wrote contemporaneously. And I loved them all. They were all really great. And, of course, they were right then when it happened. So nobody's got any, like mythology making or anything in between right yeah so uh i loved them all but the one i loved the most was his visit to uh Jesus gray oh yeah which was equal part sort of uh sad and absurd and funny and i was like yeah we need to do this but this shit this is his whole life is in there you know from the time you know from the cat club show right on to uh to his death you know maybe we fill in some of the stuff and uh, and we'll um we'll have a whole book out of it and i talked to him and uh he was like well you know a lot of stuff's 30 plus years ago and i don't remember a lot of it. so we you know we decided to do it we're, we're going ahead and then we decided to include other people's like interviews around the, the sort of uh, um, events yeah. that went on. You know, we got the, the Letch, Letch, uh, Letch guys, they were, um, they all gave me interviews. Letch Patrol. Letch Patrol. And uh, uh, Gerald uh, Cosloy, uh, Homestead Records, he, he gave me an interview. Um, uh, Edison from uh, the Holy man, he gave me an interview. He was really, really generous for this time, and he can fucking write too, man. He used to write for uh, for uh, Screw Magazine. And he's got all of these. Uh, the Goldstein. He was on yeah. the Goldstein charter. He's got he's got like three or four books out. He's a fucking incredible, incredible artist. Did you ever get to and talk to Al Goldstein, by the way? I have not. He's gone now, right? I mean. Yeah, he's dead now. Yeah. You gotta dig him up. <laughs> Digging up Al Goldstein. I smell a book in your future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
No, but uh, that is cool as fuck. So you know, what about the sex? You know, because the oh. motherfucker is perverted, right? I put everything in. I put, I put everything. You got, you got the. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear the graphic. <laughs> it's a full page. Yeah. And it's G.G. Allen. And it's a, a you know, one page comic. G.G. Allen having this, this girl piss in his mouth. <laughs> and that's what we call in the comics industry a splash page. Uh, <laughs> that's when Gonzo comes out and tries to bang the gong. and. <laughs> 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 Splash page. <laughs> that sounds like its own fucking documentary, man. Just oh well, you know the thing is that like when he got famous, I mean like really famous. I mean he always had groupies for, for like as long as as you know he got out of uh, you know New Hampshire. Yeah, he 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 had the, uh, a big crew of people that put him up, bought him beer. Whatever, but when the the cat club show came, he got that national fame. Um, that he just, was just all the time surrounded by a, a big crowd of groupies, you know, immediately, you know, male, male and female, um, you know, willing to, to do anything, go any, anywhere for him, and just you know, and and uh, a lot of it was, uh, you know. He just, uh, and he, he, like, he was taking, doing, taking court, you know, and I'm yeah. going to go in this room and have, and have this girl pissing my mouth. <laughs> and have, and have, you know, it was almost like, like uh, hot dogs up ass and I'll eat them, you know? And it was kind of like how Andy Kaufman would have, like, oh, yeah. but he was just the scum, hey, let me poop and pee and beat the <laughs> shit out of motherfuckers, and he didn't give a fuck, man. I remember like I remember like him being on a uh, Jerry Springer and do you think it's in Jerry's do you think it's okay to you know <laughs> it's like whatever dude what do you mean you're the one that bought a fucking hooker off the fucking Cincinnati mayor payroll for like fifty eight dollars and forty eight cents or <laughs> yeah you got to write a check to the and you got to do it off the Cincinnati mayor payroll. Rendered for blowjob services. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to shake Jerry's hand when we did um, the Springer show. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we, we uh, I, when the band did it, there wasn't a spot in there for me because we were we were uh, subbing in for Marilyn Manson who had canceled. They decided that Jerry Springer was just beneath them, and uh, we were on tour with the Mentors. So that they needed somebody with some women, and that was us. And so we sent uh, Jenny, our uh, our dominatrix, and our and we sent our drummer because we needed him to get put G, or put uh, Duce in the in the uh, fucking bus to <laughs> make sure he got all the way to Chicago. Yeah, but he didn't have any fucking ID, so he couldn't fly. You know, and and uh, you know. You had to go with him because if you didn't, he'd just step off. If he had money in his pocket, he'd step off the first fucking uh, stop that had a bar and he'd drink everything that he had and then he'd call somebody up to come get him. You know? Yeah. 
So you had you had to sort of take in place. I remember that episode, man. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I remember that episode. <laughs> nope. Well, I said Michael. Michael wrote all this stuff, and then he wrote some new material for the Gigi book. And we were, um, you know, we had a, a really great handle on on his life. And I found out all kinds of fucking things I didn't know about Gigi Allen. One, one of my friends, Kelly Stock, was like being pursued romantically by him in fucking Atlanta. Huh. Evidently, uh, uh, when Gigi was living at the Claremont, he, he just sort of fell in love with Kelly and, and was like asking her out and showing up showered and dressed and, and shit like that. She claimed she never went on a date with him, but they went out like to shows and stuff together. Yeah. With, with, with people. And then there's the story of my friend Kelly, who Gigi, she was hanging out in the, in the, in the Claremont Lounge, right? Gigi's living upstairs. He comes stumbling in drunk and puts a handful of wadded up bills in her lap, saying she could have all of it if she'd pee on it. <laughs> I, I asked her when she told me that story. She told me that story years ago. I asked her, uh, <laughs> I said, well, did you pee on it? And she said, oh, no, I couldn't. I just couldn't. So why not? Well, I'm pee shy. <laughs> Is that what she said to him? Yeah. And he, what do you do, crack up? I wonder if he took his money back. I don't know what happened. Stumbling drunk. She's like, here, take your eight bucks back. No. <laughs> I called up Leslie when we were starting this uh, this uh, thing and asked her if I could tell that story in the book, which I did. Yeah. And she told me that about the story of Gigi playing the Claremont after the Opal Fox Quartet. And she said... And you know, it's on the internet. Yeah. Well, I never knew about that show. I, I didn't I didn't think they'd let him play the Claremont. But it was it was all there. And it just seemed to be a real like sweet side of Gigi that you just don't get. I guess the band was there to pick him up to go on tour. And they just ended up doing a show before they hit the road. But it, you know, wow. the Claremont is just full of freaks and queers and, you know, all kinds of uh, mentally uh, non-standard uh, issues, human brains. Yeah, I have them as guests on my show. They were all loving on Jesus. <laughs> they were all loving on Jesus. Hey. And, you... and, and it's not like the shows you see it's like true. Ohio and Detroit where people are no. trying to punch him out. Yeah. Everybody's kissing on him and, and hugging him and loving him. And, like, shit, man, he should have grown up in Atlanta. Of course, he wouldn't have been Gigi then, you know, but uh, he, he definitely found a place where he was accepted at the Claremont Lounge. And that, it's, that accepted part, that's, you know, because a lot of people, unless maybe it's on that docu- hated documentary, which I haven't seen all of it yet. Uh-huh. I've only seen parts of it still, believe it or not, but I uh, I don't know. You were talking about on that first recording that we did about uh, how he was bullied and, uh, you know, showing oh, up to oh, a, yeah, yeah. showing up in a dress to school, you know. And yeah, he, he was, uh, we didn't go into his early life in the, in the book because we started it at the Cat Club show. Yeah. 
And, you know, I didn't know anybody from his early life, and and I thought it was better to keep to keep it the Michael Board sort of timeline. Yeah. But uh, what I heard was that the reason he was so so smelly all the time was he started doing that in high school to keep from getting beat up. Hmm. That you know he'd come to you know he'd come to fucking school wearing a dress, and in New Hampshire that gets you an ass beat, you know, and and so he finally just started like not bathing and smearing shit on himself and whatever, and then they didn't want to want to fight with him anymore. They didn't want to get near him. <laughs> and I was I, I responded on that first week. I said, uh, "That's a great fucking defense move, man." Oh yeah, fucking and awesome. I found out that uh, Gigi visited uh, uh, John Wayne Gacy. Oh yeah, which, which I didn't know. How did he even like, land that? Because I didn't even ask you that on the first one. I was like, "How did he even get the fuck in to go see John Wayne Gacy?" <laughs> Huh? That's how you, you get on his uh, his list. You got to be young and pretty, uh, boy, and you got to be, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, Gigi was was big shit back then, and I guess um, Gacy knew it, and um, Gigi went up went up and visited him, and, and the story that I got from uh, Michael was that, that Gigi was getting all drunk and and and, and weepy. And he'd just gotten back from, from Gacy, and he was telling about how they are going to kill him, you know, and all this kind of shit. <laughs> and he had this drawing of a clown that Gacy had done for him, you know, it's just this little drawing. And, and, and uh, just the weeping says, it's like he's my father. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he uh, Gacy wrote? Yeah, yeah, so he said, he said uh, no, no, that was that was uh, Gigi's comment on it that he was like so, so uh, uh, put out because you know, G- he thought Gacy was his his uh, his uh, spiritual dad. <laughs> and of course, you know what uh, what Gacy said about Gigi. What did he say? And man, he sure does stink like a polecat. Oh man, <laughs> he's a stinky yeah. fuck. We'll be right back, motherfucker. Goddamn. Hey, what's up, people? It's GG Out. I am the God. I am the Savior. I like to beat up my fans and take shit on stage. And I would even like to throw my own shit at people. But usually after my show, I like to stop by Burger King and take a quick bite. So, therefore... Why don't you come by Burger King, get yourself in here for two bucks. Burger King, out of your way. Welcome to Fuckback. Let's wrap this motherfucker in a body bag and call it a day. Am I good now? Yeah. Alright. So, like, uh, he was, uh... Had my buddies from uh, Guardy Lou came up and visited him, right? Yeah. And and uh, so they they go into this room like you've seen in the TV shows, right? Yeah. Like these these uh, tables and the tables are attached to the floor and the chairs are attached to the table. You know, you can't throw anything, you can't break anything. And the first thing that uh, Gacy says is um, 
Well, I can just kill both of you right now. There's nothing anybody can fucking do. They're just us in here. <laughs> That's what Gacy said to Gigi Allen? Yeah. It was just, no, no, that was to uh, the uh, Guardy Lou guy. Oh, the Guardy Lou. I know what Gacy said to Allen. There's only two people in that conversation, and they're both dead. It is weird that he was able to, that Gigi Allen was able to get in there, I guess. But if, uh, well, he was he was high up on the list because like um, the reason that hated a documentary got made was that um, Mr. Joker man um, got uh, got Gacy to do a portrait of Gigi Allen, the famous portrait you've seen. Yeah, that, that Gacy painted. And he was, uh, he, he pimped that out in Maximum Rock and Roll and some other uh, rock and roll magazines. And that made the money to get hated uh, edited. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Todd Phillips, uh, I actually talked to Todd Phillips on the phone one time. We were trying to get hated to come down and do Charlotte and Savannah. And it was one of those things that he only had one, like, print of the of the movie, right? Yeah. So he's not sending it anywhere. He's going to bring it. But I could not get a movie theater in Charlotte to let us do a, to do a Sunday or something. You know, everybody was just totally, no, no, you can't uh, book a day we're not using. No, we're not going to do it. No price. So it it, uh, it failed on that occasion. It got we yeah. Had a, we we would have had a big uh, a big showing in uh, in fucking Charlotte. I, I don't know where else we would have we would have shown it. You know, it was a fucking thirty five millimeter. I don't know who's got a thirty five <laughs> millimeter projector just sitting around or one you could rent. Not so many anymore, you can imagine, probably. That, that's getting, you know, 1993, <laughs> that's getting out of my um, comfort zone. Dump <laughs> butt punk. Yep. I mean, if I, if I knew a place that had a projector that I could rent for the day, that'd be great. I'd, I'd let their projector guy run the place, too. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I missed stuff. Yeah, but I did talk to, uh, talk to Todd a couple of times. He seemed to be a nice enough guy. I tried to get in touch with him for the for the uh, book, but you know, you could, I couldn't get anywhere near him. No. I had to, Why? I had to do it all on old interviews and the hated film and all that for anything he might have to contribute. You just couldn't get you just couldn't get at him, huh? Almost everybody that I that I contacted was uh, was talking. Almost everybody. You know, we got a, a, a bunch of people on. On the uh, on the record for this this thing, the only two people I contacted who wouldn't talk to me were Chicken Joe, or Chicken John rather, and uh, and Liz Markowski. And Liz said she would, but then she started making excuses, and after two months later, she decided not to. Oh, so, what was the final pullout for? I mean, was there a reason? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to speculate about the yeah, yeah. mental uh, Fuck it. problems. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, she had like her 10 minutes of fame back in 1992, 93, right? Yeah. Uh, being uh, G.G. Allen's, uh, one of G.G. Allen's underage paramours. <coughs> and I, I really wanted to hear about the, the debt. 
you know, I wanted to hear about that day, you know, and, and what they did after the, the film we have at GD, after the gas station show, after that cuts out. I wanted to know that, the rest of that story. I've seen a couple of interviews with people that are talking about it, but I wasn't going to include any of that if I didn't have somebody that wanted to go on the record to say something. Yeah. Because evidently, before they found out he was dead, they uh, were doing like pass out games with him and they were taking a bunch of pictures with him. Like really? Polaroid. Yeah. I've, I've never seen one of them. I think the police might have got it, but I don't know that either. Like what, I've never seen one up on the internet anywhere. Like what was the pass out game consisted of? Like, of them like laying down beside him, taking pictures, like taking funny faces. Like while he was like they they didn't know he was while dead. He was dead, thinking he was passed out. Oh wow! <laughs> I guess that's kind of <laughs> what he would how he would have wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they the yeah from from what I heard. They uh, they they called the police when they found out he was dead, but they waited until they had gotten all the fucking drugs the fuck out of that apartment. And uh, and then it says there was no drugs and and uh, and uh, no paraphernalia anywhere, you know, where the police could find it and arrest somebody. Then they called him up there, but they didn't think. To, to get rid of the, the Polaroid pictures that <laughs> the cops found them. And they're like, what are you taking pictures of the dead guy for? <laughs> Y'all are sick. Y'all are fucking sick. They were probably just laughing. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 I can imagine. Laughing. Well, you know, if they're G.G. Allen fans, they're probably like, probably shocked that he was dead. And then yeah. probably like, yeah. oh, fuck, you know, like... <laughs> Can you imagine being one of those kids taking photos I, with him? I cannot imagine waking up to, to, you know, to one of my idols being just fucking dead beside me. But, I mean, that's why they went up there to, you know, to shoot up heroin. That's why they were in the run, you know? <laughs> and uh, that was when that uh, heroin was going around in New York that killed so many people. Yeah. They had, had uh, they were, they were uh, boosting it up with some kind of... Like, I don't know if it was fentanyl or whatever the hell it was. But the stuff they were mixing it with, they weren't really good about grinding it up so they could put it in there. So your, like, little bag of heroin might have uh, a match head size piece of this shit in it, and the next one not. And if you get that one, you cook it up, you're dead. And a lot of people die. Yeah. Junkies, they just think that's good junk. So they're, that's like not at all like, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy that stuff. That's the killer stuff. I'll just, you know, cut it in half and I'll have two. But it doesn't matter, you know, because unless you've got a mortar and pestle and ground that shit down to nothing and separated it, you know, you're, you're dead too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people die. Yeah. A lot of the Opal Fox crowd died in Atlanta that, that same time. There was a big, uh, a big uh, wave of heroin death. Um, it's, just too, it's just too bad Gigi's not around to piss people off anymore. Can you imagine Gigi today? I don't know how that would, how, like, he would just be in a constant battle with the cancel culture, right? I, I don't know, you know? 
I think they would keep trying to cancel him and it might keep building his popularity. He might have died a little too young, you know? Uh, well, you know, he's more popular now than he ever was. That's what I'm saying. I mean, when you can go buy a Funko Pop fucking Gigi Allen and the rest yeah. of the murder junkies too, you know, it's like, or, you know, Reaction makes a Gigi Allen figure, I think. Yeah. You know, and he's just every he's merchandise, man. They fucking make a fucking cereal out of him. GGOs. <laughs> Poop pop. <laughs> Poop pop. Made with real shit. With, with <laughs> brown, brown, brown chunky <laughs> Leaves real shit ring in the cereal bowl. <laughs> real shit, shit ring in the cereal bowl. <laughs> With real milk turns pissy to wash out the fucking the, the shit milk ring. Turns yeah, and that's me being nice. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him, man. You know, for what he was and everything. In that part of America, man. You know, he he's like a lot of like I said it about a lot of rock stars. They. They take. I said it about Cliff Burton on that Kill 'Em All episode I just did, man. And uh, yeah. I was like, you know, when these guys fucking die, they take so much with them, dude. Yeah. You know, it's like they say they can't. You can't take it with you. I beg to differ, man. These motherfuckers, they take the air with them, man. You know that. So back in back in 1993, I thought Gigi Allen was the future of rock and roll. He was living it. He yeah, I mean, he was already living it. I mean, I thought, I mean, there already were some sort of G.G. Allen, Ennis band, you know? There were some people, you know, start picking up what he was putting down. And he was just getting bigger and bigger all the time. I wanted, I, he inspired me in a, in a musical thing I had developed. I did solo with an acoustic guitar. It was called Crack yeah. Owl. And I dressed like a Grim Reaper, you know? And uh, I remember the first show I did was at this 15th Street Tavern in Denver. And I had scored this black, oh, uh, what was it, Parmesan? Par or, I don't know, an eggplant fucking toothpaste? Yeah. And uh, I put a mouthful of it in there. And I was going to come up and just do the death metal version of fucking NXS Don't Change. Yeah. And when, right before I started, I just went, and fucking puked this black shit. <laughs> there was some Gigi Allen in there, man, that I was inspired, yeah, yeah. you know, and I remember getting 86 from the bar. They called me a week later. I was like, I'm going to do every show even more fucked up now. Nah. As long as you guys had, and they were like, well, the you're in over demand, dude. People want to see you again, and we don't really have a choice. So the next time I came in, I took a bag of butterscotch pudding and I yeah. fucking blended it with some green beans and corn. And I put it yeah. in a Ziploc bag. And I, I dumpster dived this little doll. It was a Fleetwood Enema doll. And it was like an enema. And it had eyeballs like, you know, hey, I'm... I'm. And so I named him Eminem. <laughs> and I was like, Eminem, what are we going to do for this next song? He's like, I'm going to stick my ass, my head right up your ass. And I was doing the voice for him, and then I did the. I stuck the puppet up my butt, you know, and I played naked. And that was the other thing I got from Gigi. I had a Grim Reaper cloak with the fucking uh, with the skull mask, but I had no yeah. cloak. I was bare ass, fucking my dick, fucking hanging out, everything. 
And I just came out, I fucking did the M&M thing, and I fucking reached into the bag and fucking had a handful of that butterscotch pudding, and I flung it all over the fucking... It looked like I was digging it right out of my ass. I fuck, And then I kicked into the girls' bathroom, kicked the two chicks that were in there doing cocaine or whatever out, and I was like, show's over! And uh, this guy came in after, and he go, and he had it all over his jacket, dude. And it was like a nice fucking leather jacket, and he goes... You're lucky I'm a fan of rock and roll. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> man, he saved my ass. <laughs> but I, I mean, it reeked of Gigi Allen, man. You know, he was such a, a creative part of my fucking underground endeavor in comics and everything, man. You know, so you doing the comic book. I was like, I'm I'm giving King Spo at the fucking show tonight, man. You know. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome, thank brother. You very much. Hey, thank you for fucking having the balls to fucking do the G.G. Allen book and, you know, actually having experiences with the fucking legend, you know. Well, it's the, the, a lot of the people that I talk to, um, they're, they're old. We're all old. No, yeah. <laughs> We're old. I mean, I'm 60. Yeah. You're fucking old, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm one of the younger ones. Yeah. And, and a lot of us have, like, uh, a lot of people I talk to, some of them have uh, physical problems right now, have health problems. They're, this might be the last chance that you get to hear the story of Gigi Allen from people who are actually there. Yeah. Like, you know, because, mm. like, you know, in 10 years, how many of us are going to be left? And then, like, how many of us are already dead, you know? Mike denied from the denied. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, Billy Epps, he's he's gone too. Uh, I, I was like looking up people for interviews, and oh yeah, I should talk to this guy. I'd, I'd start doing the, the research to find out where the hell they were, and uh, dead, dead, dead. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of them didn't make it out of the nineties. You know. Nope. I know it. No, I know, man. I, I I was just wondering why I was still the fuck around. I did. I talked about that on a show last night that I did it after the one we did. Fucking, I ruined. Uh, yeah. I won't talk about that too much. But uh, I uh, was like, why are we here? Oh yeah, to fucking archive this shit and to Hell make yeah. sure that it gets fucking uh, left in the right hands. Seeing how the uh, a lot of uh, younger people listen to my show. And, uh, you know, they're all over the world, man, you know, and Gigi Allen was all over the world, you know, motherfucker, I mean, he really just needed to break all the fucking high commands that mainstream had fucking laid up and was continuing to lay up on shit at that time, and he wasn't having it. And a bunch of people, motherfuckers, just came out, you know, and it's just been like that ever since. I... I think now it's more back to where it was. Like, we kind of lost this gap of freedom, almost, or, you know... Hey, you, you gotta realize about freedom is nobody can take it away from you. It is weird that it's not... You, you just you just be free. Do what the fuck you want. That's the GG. You didn't ask anybody fucking permission to do anything. He wasn't asking he anybody. Ask, he didn't ask business afterwards. Nah. He I mean, he, and he had, like... Some of the biggest names in rock and roll at the time that we're playing with. 
I mean, that, that fucking uh, cat club show, Kramer was on bass. Um, Cosloy was on guitar. Uh, uh, Thurston Moore was supposed to play guitar, but and I can't find of anywhere why he wasn't, because he was on the flyers. And nobody knows the story of why he, he wasn't there, you know. Um, but I said uh, Stephen Blues from uh, American Hardcore, he uh, he booked Gigi's show at the, at the Cat Club, got himself fired for it, and uh, he was real nice to give me a, give me a big big old interview. So that's good, man. Well, it's gonna be nice to to send all these people some books and uh, put their smiling faces in there. <laughs> Well, I know I look forward to fucking seeing it, man, and uh, I can't wait to hear about, you know, you working on the... I'm prepping it for, prepping it to get printed right now. Woo! As soon as I get it finished, I'm sending it off. Two weeks later, I'll have books. Well, we're going to collab together. I'm going to have you and a bunch of other motherfuckers I've been talking to, hopefully, you know, get in together on an underground comic I'm putting together. Love to, man. Anything, anything you want. And uh, anybody out there, too, if you're listening, feel free to call me, 206-666-5847. I'll tell you the number again at the end of the fucking show or whatever, but, you know, if you uh, want to throw down, contribute, talk to me, tell me a story, or my mom, Grandma Gutterpunk, she's mm-hmm. definitely, uh, she's laid out right now, man. She's just... You know what fucking happened? She took on a serial killer, man. And the, the she got her ass kicked. And uh, she ended up in the fucking hospital. You guys can go back and listen to the episode. My mom was in fucking Glow. And my mom was a wrestler in Glow back in the day. And she's not anymore. And she learned the hard way that she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> She did, man. She was the female Sergeant Slaughter, man, for the New Orleans uh, Glow Chapter out there. What was her name? Magneto. Uh. She came out fucking wearing the drill sergeant mask. No, Sergeant Maggie, a.k.a. Magneto. You know, so she'd fucking whip some motherfuckers back in the day. She was just that kind of chick, you know. Definitely, she. My mom's a Gigi Allen fan. Mm-hmm. Loves all that shit, you know. Fucking, I, we've had some talks, you know, where she was around some Gigi Allen shows or anti scene or whatever back in the day, you know. All these cool times that are gone, but we're gonna hold on to them. Hope, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show tonight. We're gonna. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I enjoyed uh, enjoyed talking and. Uh... Always love love to spread the news on the mission. Get get new people on the mission with me. Yep, and I want to thank you again, King Spoiler, for giving us the fucking deuce of the show. (laughs) I really enjoyed this one a lot more. I thought we went deeper, even. And uh, I I, I thought they were both good shows. I can't can't, uh, do run lines or anything, you know. Yeah. As far as what I heard, this one was the best one. So you guys out there are getting the best one. And I'm just going to leave it at that. So I don't have to take full culpability for being a shitty punk rock podcaster. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I say you need to be a, a shitty punk rock video podcaster, man. 
We're heading there. We're heading there. We uh, I had a buddy named Mud Wolf. We've been working on it, and we just keep running into the, like technical snags that cost more money and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, fuck, man. But uh, I think that's we were when I get to New Orleans here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna resituate with my mom. I think we're gonna pay to be on a fucking you know big platform that we can be heard by way more people. You know. Super. And that's where we're heading, you know. But uh, until then, guys, hang in there. King's Poet. Anytime, man. Don't eat where you shit. <laughs> like Gigi did. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back, guys. Hold on. Uh, you want to say something down here? So Let's talk about Yeah, I have an opinion. I think that the club kids and Gigi Allen, I'd rather have my kids follow original thought like that. They grow up to be like this cop right yes. here. Yes. And wearing a tasteless suit. Jane, Jane, again, we go back to, to what is fundamentally right. Let's what get him. Right. Okay, but, but it is your Okay, hold on a second here. I mean, conforming is one thing, right and wrong is something else. You're talking. But who's to say what is right and wrong? Him? Well, I mean, there are most people, the majority of people, would probably say that beating up on other people and slashing your head with a razor. Beating up people on get people. To get beaten up. Beating up on people, raping people. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, is wrong. I don't know what it is right in that. It's wrong. It's and right. Right. What, Michael? You, we have a little pill that this man could take that would change his whole attitude. <laughs> <on that. laughs> yes. Give it to him. Give him an overdose. Uh, I only have two left. <laughs> Well, obviously, he's taking well, so many pills, his brains are fried. No, this is not right now. I have a prescription. And this is a prescription. Yeah. So, so this is what, but this is what you do when you're in the clubs, this sort of thing. Well, it makes it, it makes it a lot easier too. to like handle things. Jane, what <laughs> we're seeing here is the attempt to glorify the abuse of drugs, yeah. the abuse of people, the spewing of hatred to legitimize this. I don't see anything that's right with that. It's all wrong. Do you think Gilmore okay. and all to to promote drug? For everybody in the audience. No, I, I, I want him to come Jane, down a little I'll tell you who I am, all right? You are nobody to tell us what we can and can't do. Jane, you live your I life, and you we'll live ours. Fuck yeah, man. King Spoet. Putting out the G.G. Allen comic, man. I'm fucking stoked about that shit. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck is this? No, 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 no. What? G.G. Allen, Bite It, You Scum, Surplus Storm, Electro Mix. Oh, that's fucked. Now I can't fucking change it. What? This is fucking weird. <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> what the fuck am I... <laughs> What the fuck am I listening to, dude? <laughs> I'm gonna have a heart attack, man. The fuck, man? The fuck am I fucking... <laughs> no! Oh, my God. Mom. I'm crying for my mom. On top of it. Anyway, dude. <laughs> Fuck this. I can't... It won't even let me change it. What the fuck? It's possessed. Oh, my God. 
I can't believe my fucking fucking. <coughs> what the fuck is going on? The future's fucking fucked up, man. You think Gigi Allen would like this shit? <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking hilarious, though, man. Anyway, if you guys got a fucking show, <laughs> if you got a fucking show idea, oh my god, you can call me, <laughs> or maybe Grandma Gutterpunk if she doesn't quit the show after this. <laughs> no, she's probably laughing her ass off. Well, you guys got to hear some history with John Wayne Gacy Jr. and all this other shit. 206-666-5847. Give me a fucking call, man. Oh, fuck. You've been listening to Adam Air MDGD Underground Cartoon Therapy.